Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We like him around here. University professor retired from his, well, retired, quit his job because he, uh, the campus he was on there, University of Portland. Portland. Mm-hmm. Won the award. Portland State. Portland State. I think yeah. they, they, they got named the least free speech campus in America and yes. were proud of it. The university president thought that was great. And Peter Bogosian decided, well, we have nothing to do here. I, I can't be here anymore. And he, uh, he resigned and he wrote a long letter and we read it and we talked to him and Anyway, he tweeted this out yesterday. Hey, citizens of Wisconsin, this is your tax dollars at work. This is how people now begin their gender studies master's degrees at the University of Wisconsin. And I thought I'd just read a little bit of this because I think you'll find it entertaining if you can understand any of it. As a white first-generation college graduate who attended a mid-sized private university, my identities and experiences inspired this study. My whiteness offers a level of inherent violence to this study, because of the history. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It lends inherent violence to the study. Because of the history of privilege and structural and overt acts of harm my ancestors have contributed to society. This echoes my experience in identifying as an anti racist racist who has a white person, P E R S X N. Wait, did you just say anti racist racist? I'm an anti racist racist who is, as a white person, is inherently racist, but applies and is accountable to anti-racism in my life through activist, educator, and research capacities. What he's saying is, I'm a racist. I'm not trying to not deny I'm a racist, but I am actively anti-racist, so I'm an anti-racist racist. Okay. White supremacy is frequently misunderstood as only pertaining to overt or explicit acts of violence, like the neo-Nazis or Ku Klux Klan. However, white supremacy, in the context of this study, centers the relationship between historical and unconscious bias that benefits whiteness through its structures, policies, culture, and experiences over non-white individuals. I, I like how, uh, and it goes on like this for paragraph after paragraph, this sort of nonsense lingo that these people talk. Um, I, I like the fact that he is inherently violent by being white. Just being white is violent. Well, if you're violent and, and certainly convicted of violence, violence is justified against you. He's a violent racist, he states in the first paragraph. Because of the color of his skin. Because he was born that way. So all members of his race should be judged together and judged to have awful qualities. I'm a that's, violent that's racist. That's an interesting philosophy. He's a violent racist. He believes I'm a violent racist. And it's a great thing to teach a, particularly young black people that all white people are violent racists. Um, it's just, it's just great. I mean, how, do, how does this end? Of course it will end well. We can all understand how convincing white people they're violent racists and black people that white people are all violent racists by nature is going to make things better. I'm so confused by this. Even if you believe that, where do you think this is going? You're, they're delusional. They're convinced that it's leading to a, a utopia, a just it utopia be a, where the evil white man has been put in his place. It will be a utopia because one race is convinced that the other race hates them and is violent toward them? How is that going to end? Well, it's idiotic. 
The idea that, well, one race has been dominant, so we're going to have other races be dominant, and then everybody will be fine. It's just, it's idiotic. I mean, if my dog thought it, I would uh, uh, not give him a treat. So it doesn't make sense even if you believe it, and believing it makes you, well, it makes you a racist. You believe that skin color carries all kinds of uh, qualities that are, you know, something you can't change, like hair color or eye color or whatever else. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Never mind the participation of the African tribes in racism for hundreds of years and the omnipresence of racism in the Asian world, for instance, and, and slavery and the rest of it. It's, it is, it's a philosophy so idiotic. You can't believe anybody believes it, much less, you know, the poor deluded denizens of so many of our college campuses. It's discouraging. It's, it's disturbing. It's damn disturbing. Um, IQ-wise, I assume a guy like him is, you know, above uh, most of us, above average, and using it for that. Now, I had heard Latinx, and obviously herstory and hickstory. Mm. This is the first time I've come across Persinix, P-E-R-S-X-N. So is that because you don't want to have... Persoxen. You don't want to have S-O-N in person because that <laughs> implies male? I think that's a good guess, yeah. Yeah, that's it's hilarious so and ridiculous. You're, yeah. you're, you people are so crazy. I'm telling you. And the fact that they, crazy people don't recognize they're crazy. That's part of the whole crazy thing. But the fact that other people don't recognize how crazy they are. We're afraid to call them on it because they use the term racist. Whoa, whoa, I don't want to be called a racist. I, I just, I guess I don't understand what they're saying. All I know is I better be quiet. And part of it probably is this ridiculous that's been growing over the years. Uh, level of worship we have for graduate degrees in universities. Oh, They're please. clearly better than us, smarter than us, so we should listen to them. Yeah, you've accomplished nothing in life except to do book learning. Who cares? So we were talking earlier about this uh, this uh, professor who is nine, non-binary or uh, transgender or something. Um, uh, this guy's name is Alan Walker. He's an assistant professor at Old Dominion University. He's been suspended or put on administrative leave for an interview he just did. He's uh, promoting his book, A Long Dark Shadow, Minor Attracted People in Their Pursuit of Dignity. Wait a minute, you're saying, what, what kind of people? Minor Attracted People which challenges widespread assumptions that persons who are preferentially attracted to minors, often referred to as <laughs> pedophiles, it assumes it, it uh, challenges the assumptions that they're necessarily also predators and sex offenders. It is, it's trying to destigmatize being a minor attracted person. And some of the quotes are, are pretty suspicious, and some of the people he cites in the books turned out to molest children. Um, but the who he's talking to is is significant. I got beaten up pretty good on the text line for saying earlier when we talked about this that some people are born that way, I think. I think some people are born that way. Mm, I don't think anybody don't really know knows. That. I think your brain no, is wired wrong. Yeah, and, and, and frequently uh, uh, pedophiles are victims of child molestation themselves. By, it's by, monstrous by, crime. But my point wasn't, so it's okay. No. Some people are born murderous. Some people are born all kinds of ways. And right. uh, those that can't be in society need to be kept away. Right. Yeah, it seems simple to me, but uh, some people don't get that. Um, and uh, and so he said things like, uh, uh, we need to have less stigmatizing and using terms like pedophile. 
Uh, Old Dominion released a, th- uh, a statement sort of in support of Walker, opening with the line, an academic community plays a valuable role in the quest for knowledge. It also included a statement from Walker who wrote, I want to be clear, child sexual abuse is an inexcusable crime. As an assistant professor of sociology and criminal justice, the goal of my research is to prevent crime. Okay, you know what? That sounds pretty good. Okay, all right. But let's look into it a little more deeply. Uh, Walker is not alone in the desire to normalize pedophilia. Uh, in fact, in defense of the term minor attracted people, Walker cites an organization called Before You Dash Act, a pedophile advocacy group founded by a man named Michael Melsheimer, who was convicted of a heinous crime. Wondering what it is? Don't think too hard. Bank robbery? Nope. Gambling? Nope. Jaywalking? Not quite. He was a convicted pedophile who served time in a federal prison. And uh, I'm quoting now from The Federalist. In case there's somehow any confusion regarding the group's character, note that their About Us page lists their values and missions without even once articulating a desire to mitigate sexual assault. Its FAQ section includes lines like, We see minor attracted people as whole human beings, not as criminals or deviants who need to be controlled. Well, as well as You aren't by definition a criminal until you do something. You are a deviant, though, aren't you? Practically by definition? Yeah, but they don't you need to be deviate, controlled. You deviate from what all of society considers normal. And we're not advocating treatment to change sexual feelings. Allow me to ask, writes the Federalist, what exactly occurs, occurs when the sexual desires of someone who is attracted to children aren't changed and not controlled? Before You Act is not the only organization running cover for pedophiles. In fact, a video of Walker detailing his reasons for wanting to rebrand pedophilia comes from a conversation hosted by the Prostasia Foundation. That's who did the interview, which advocates for the same same evils as Before You Act. Here's a section of Prostasia's website called Our Campaign Against Doll Bans. Wait a minute. What type of dolls exactly? Well, sex dolls that the government defines as childlike. The organization also works alongside the MAP Support Club, a peer support chat for pedophiles. It just so happens that the minimum age to join the chat is 13. No. If you point out that taking children and sticking them in group chats with pedophiles sounds more like a recipe for child grooming than it does abuse prevention. Oh, my God. Prostasia might just accuse you of being a far-right winger. Oh, my God. The organization's talk with Walker was also conducted by their communications director, Noah Berlatsky, who has a history of publicly advocating for pedophiles, whom he complains are part of a stigmatized group. 4W's article, Prostasia's Goal is to Normalize Pedophilia, points out that the organization has been home to other unsavory characters, including multiple sex offenders. Um, so, anyway. That's Neither Old Dominion University nor Professor Walker responded to a request for comment. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's still, at least for now, so far out of mainstream. I mean, a lot of things I never thought would be mainstream or mainstream now, but I'm glad that's still so far out of mainstream that uh, even in a university setting that uh, doesn't fly. Well, from the same sort of person who brought us illegal alien is too harsh a term, let's go with undocumented immigrants, then let's just call them immigrants. Uh, you're not allowed to call pedophiles pedophiles. People anymore. experiencing homelessness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just change the language and then everybody, nothing to see here. Just some pedophiles. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> well, Old Dominion, credit for uh, suppressing suspending this guy. That one part was way too much, though. So we're going to have a, a, a chat room for pedophiles, and you can oh, join yeah. as young as 13. Okay. 
I think you Any just, 13-year-olds want to get in a chat room with pedophiles? I think you just gave away your, your intent there a little easier than you realize. Yeah. Good no Lord. Man, sick, 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 sick. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. True depression. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mailbag. Couple of things. We posted at armstrongandgetty.com or are about to under hot links. Uh, really interesting video from Jordan Peterson in which he calls for humanity, civility, uh, kindness, mercy in our discourse. I actually watched that just yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. I found it uh, interesting, moving. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I, I don't like our chances. <laughs> and I think he's a communist idiot. I kid. Uh, and also Ryan Long, the genius who brought us uh, woke versus racist when they become best friends, uh, among other great comedy videos. Uh, how to be a blogger. So funny. Oh, are we going to play that later? Well, it's it's highly visual. Oh, darn it. Um, the, the punchline of it is you have two like folders full of cutout cards, like uh, paste up with words on them. And all you have to do for every blog is blank has a problem with blank. So the NFL has a problem with Islamophobia or the New York Times has a problem with sexism or the and and then as he's doing this he gives dozens of examples flashing up on your screen mm. that is such a just a worn out trope of the crap you see posted to your Facebook feed or whatever every single day the Armstrong and Getty show has a problem with dwarfophobia dwarfophobia you know, just, just to pick something ridiculous just every everything is the same stupid format Kind of fake uh, controversy. On to the correspondence proper. <coughs> there we go. Love you guys, writes uh, Charlie. I drive a truck for a living. Only time I'm not listening to mm, satellite radio. Don't listen to that. It's bad for you. It'll give you cancer. Is when you're on. <laughs> oh, From Portland to L.A., I can count on my show. Thanks a million. LGB, back at you, Charlie. Appreciate LGB. it. I'm not. Right? I'm not sure you can say satellite radio gives you cancer. I, I didn't say that. Hmm. Uh, I, my Twitter account got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Twitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay writes, what's my pronoun? Well, it's complicated and foreign. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I haven't been asked yet in a meeting to list my pronouns, but here's what I'd say. Hi, my name is Jay. I'm 11% Scandinavian. The rest, subcontinent Asian and Pacific Islander mongrel. My pronouns are Sri slash Sriman and Thakur which means I'm in a superior caste than all of you. Based on my caste and cultural intersectionality, you all are not supposed to even look at me when in the eye when talking to me. It's also preferred that you sit at a lower level than me so my head is always above yours. Wow. Well, when will this nuttiness end? I just wish I was in your caste, Jay. Uh, why do people get punched at McDonald's for their fries being slow? Right, we, Dana? We got onto this topic yesterday. It was another one of those stories, and I asked... Why is it always, uh, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell? It doesn't seem to happen at Applebee's or TGI Fridays or Chili's. Is what, what's different about the restaurants? I think we're telling you, it. it's just a lower cover charge. I think we, yeah, I think we nailed down. It's got more drunk people go to uh, those places. But although Dana writes, why is there more violence at fast food restaurants due to slow service? You ask because it's supposed to be fast food. You see, it's in the name. LGCFB, let's go chicken having Brandon. What? 
What? That is incoherent, sir. <laughs> Trying to oh. combine the two slogans gotcha. incoherently. Yeah. Not appreciated, Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting point here from Greg. Not that as timely as it could be, but remember when we dis- described portions of Colin Kaepernick's new Netflix series comparing the NFL to slavery, mm-hmm. demeaning treatment of the players with no dignity left intact. Well, apart from the fact that he's tried desperately for years to become such a slave again, quote-unquote slave, and that presumably all the other non-black players are treated exactly the same. They absolutely are. I was recently reading of the intrusive and demeaning treatment of the original Mercury astronauts at the start of the space race. Oh, yeah. You may recall similar scenes from the movie The Right Stuff. Sure. All those astronauts were white. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Although, you know, Greg, and, and ex- excellent points and well said, my friend. Uh, on the other hand, I just don't feel much need to respond to Colin Kaepernick. I feel bad for him. I think he's a nice kid who got just swayed by a hot activist girlfriend and his times. He's got more money than he can ever use. And, 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 you know, I just, I, I don't think he's that together. I was almost going to watch some of his Netflix series on uh, TV over the weekend. Thought I could talk about it, but I just couldn't bring myself. I thought, I just, I'm not in the mood for this. I'm really not in the mood for this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He can memorize uh, a playbook and read defenses better than me. So he's not a dumb guy. But he lacks capacity to understand some things that I think maybe he should. Armstrong and Getty. The Conchie. Getty. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ah, der. Oh, that's right. It's a brand new feature. I've just come up with it. I hope it's uh, ridiculously late in the game. It's the wonderful, 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 probably another, the amazing cavalcade of COVID. <laughs> just a couple of that's, that's right, right Dr. Cardi. That's right. A couple of stories uh, that are related to Fao Xi's hot and sour Chinese fever, uh, Chinese bat fever. First of all, you probably followed this story, but did you really hear what the court said? President Biden's vaccine mandate for uh, companies with 100 or more employees, and the word was that they were going to extend it as quickly as they could to companies with fewer than 100 employees. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals absolutely booted it into outer space. They went beyond killing it. They hated it. President Biden warned that he lacked the power to mandate vaccines for private workers, but he ordered OSHA to do it anyway. Late Friday came a sharp rebuke by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, an important check. Quote, the mandate's true purpose is not to enhance workplace safety, but instead to ramp up vaccine uptake by any means necessary, wrote one of the judges in uh, for the unanimous panel in a withering opinion that extends the court's earlier stay on the OSHA mandate. Ah, the court's opinion takes apart the OSHA mandate every which way on constitutional, statutory, and procedural grounds. It just murdered it. It will not rise up from the grave. It is dead. Yeah, absolutely. The panel, uh, let's see, as the court uh, explains, OSHA failed to satisfy either condition, either that employees are exposed to grave danger from exposure to substances or agents deemed to be toxic or physically harmful, and that such a standard is necessary to protect employees from such danger. Uh, it just it flunked every single scrutiny they applied to it. Well, we've talked about this uh, administration by administration over the last 30 years or so. Um, presidents go further and further 
it used to be seen as because they put their hand on a Bible and swear an oath to the Constitution. They're not supposed to do things that are unconstitutional. Well, little by little, we are now to the point that presidents just do things and see if they can slip it past, knowing it's probably unconstitutional. But I'm going to try it anyway. Right. Sometimes they do it knowing they absolutely won't uh, be able to get it passed, but they get credit from their base. Their base doesn't understand what a, a bold-faced, uh, you know, fake job it was. And they think, wow, they tried, but those stupid conservative courts knocked it down. When if the courts didn't knock it down, that would be a constitutional horror. But it's all performative these days. It's just crazy. But let's not get off on a tangent, Jack. This is the cavalcade of COVID. Austria, not Australia. Australia, kangaroos. Austria, Hitler. There you go. That's how you remember. (laughs) Anyway, that was gratuitous. The Austrian government has ordered a nationwide lockdown for unvaccinated people. It it prohibits unvaccinated people 12 years and old, uh, 12 years and older from leaving their homes except for basic activities like working, grocery shopping, going for a walk or getting vaccinated. Otherwise, if you're found out and about, you will be punished. Wow. I wonder how much they're enforcing that. A lockdown for the unvaccinated. It will initially last for 10 days. Police will go on patrol to check people outside to make sure they are vaccinated. Unvaccinated people can be fined up to $1,660 if they violate the lockdown. That's the way we were all, remember, we're all, that's the way we were all living back in like, uh, March, April of 2020. Most places in America, you weren't supposed to go anywhere except for work or the hospital or the grocery store. Yeah, that was all all kind of symbolic, though. I mean, I mean, we we got little IDs printed up that said we're essential yeah. workers and broadcast professionals, I and know. obviously, the, without talk radio, the world will wither and die. And I never carried mine, and I was never asked to show it. Oh, I had it at all times. I had it. Uh, I had it tattooed on my chest in case I left my card at home. That's why I was wondering. I wonder how much they're enforcing that in Austria. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um. They're they're having like 17 deaths a day these days, reported. Of course, it's a it's a, it's a country of nine million people, so it's a tiny fraction of the U.S. But deaths per 100,000. Let's see, that's that's one thirtieth. So it's less than one thirtieth of our population. It's about one thirty fifth, um, and 17 a day. Wow, we have way more people than that dying. Huh? Dying. I mean, yeah, yeah, we have way more people dying right now. We're averaging 1,100 a day. Uh, and we're not shutting down the whole country over it. Thank God. I think it's significant that we're the country that defeated Hitler, not the one that coughed him up on the world stage. Way to go, Austria. Way to go. It's the cavalcade of COVID, folks. And the final story I wanted to get to, and, uh, and, and this one is serious, is that people, the American people, got significantly, perhaps disastrously, disastrously sicker during COVID because nobody was getting medical care. And what we think of this in retrospect, even though we're kind of in the middle of it still, after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, you know, I'm, we usually lead with how great Simply Safe is and how we're, they're offering 50% off right now for our listeners. I want to mention to you that the, the, the complete system customized for your home 
starts at just over a hundred bucks. So you and your sweetheart can't go out for steaks and a bottle of wine for what it costs you to protect your home or your business or your workshop. Simply Safe is great and it's affordable. Yeah, and it's the best home security system of 2021, according to U.S. News and World Report. And right now, uh, Simply Safe are giving you the uh, access to the Black Friday deals already. Fifty percent off the award-winning home security already. Got the cameras, got the sensors, indoor and outdoor, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. Take advantage of Simply Safe's early Black Friday deal for Armstrong and Getty listeners. Get 50% off your new home security system. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. No long contracts, too. We yep. ought to mention that. Yep, yep. most of these systems well, you, say, on. You, you, you get like a two-year uh, commitment. Nope. Boo! Again, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, 50% off. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Got a very important moon to tell you about coming up. Oh, for God's sake, you and your gimmicky moons. So <laughs> this this is this is ripped from Joe Getty's real life. I told you about this earlier. A new study found that the number of Americans able to keep their blood pressure at healthy levels dropped disastrously in my mind in 2020 either because people avoided the doctor's office or were unable to get care because their physicians closed their offices during the pandemic the other day i had a cold i got three different covid tests but because i got a cold the the front office and my doctor's office said oh god no don't you dare we'll you'll be shot on site right if you show up here we'll do a telemed that's why you gotta lie that's why everybody lies if you don't lie about your kid or yourself or whatever it's almost impossible to function you can't go to the doctor you can't go to school you can't get a babysitter you can't do anything right and so, as a guy who's been battling blood pressure my entire adult life, I happen to have a pretty good cuff, and it's been really good, you know, last year or so. Uh, but I thought, well, just to be thorough, I ought to check it before my telemed appointment. Well, I checked it, and it was crazy high. So I checked it again, and I checked it again, and it is damned high. It had gotten way higher than it should be, particularly given the drugs I'm on. So anyway... Research presented Saturday at an annual meeting. Oh, and and the point is, if I didn't have a really good blood pressure cuff, I would still not know Mm. that my blood pressure is not well controlled anymore. It is now because I'm working out like a fiend. But anyway, uh, the research presented Saturday at an annual meeting of the American Heart Association showed that only 53.3% of adults in the U.S. had their blood pressure under control. 53% compared to 60.5% the previous year. I mean, okay, so that's not a giant drop, but that's 7% of Americans heading straight down the, the, the full-speed highway toward a stroke or kidney failure or blindness or whatever. Ugh. Said uh, Associate Professor of Epidemiology at Mayo Clinic, there was a substantial room for improvement in blood pressure control to begin with. Then, obviously, with a pandemic and people having fewer inpatient visits, we saw this big drop in blood pressure control. Um, and, and they mentioned heart attack, stroke, uh, kidney disease, etc., um, and they go into some detail on the blood pressure thing. Trust me, get your blood pressure checked, know what it is, and control it. It's super dangerous. But there was also a huge drop-off in the number of people who got cancer screenings, who got cancer follow-ups. People have gained weight, whether it was the 19 pounds that the one story was <laughs> claiming, which seems like an awful lot. Uh, they think people are drinking more. People have started smoking more. All sorts of, of health risks combined with this over-the-top, completely unjustifiable paranoia at doctor's offices. I told the story the other day. A good friend of my wife's had an upper respiratory infection. It was growing severe, but she couldn't get in person 
care from her doctor. Her doctor finally emailed her directly and said, look, call and lie. Say you have foot yeah, pain. That's what say you have saying. heart palpitations. Say you can't see out of your left eye. Say anything you want. And when you get there and they say, have you been in contact with anybody with COVID or had a fever or uh, nope. runny nose, you say no. Because nope. otherwise you don't get to go in. You got a cough? <coughs> nope. Oh, I've actually done that. I've actually stifled a cough mm. to get to go in and do a variety of things. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, COVID paranoia. How much damage has it really done? And I mean, you know, COVID caution is fine, but it's gone way into the paranoia zone. I think most of us would agree with that. How much damage has it actually done to people's health? And will we ever have a full accounting of it? I wonder. But that's a wrap on the cavalcade of COVID. Armstrong and Getty. I forewarn you. Let's go. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So they're talking about the fentanyl stuff and opioids we've been talking about. Or You came across this in the Atlantic? Correct. Yeah, it's a long excerpt from a brand new book. That is getting no attention as far as I can tell. And I take in a lot of news from a lot of different sources. And I haven't heard anybody mention it. But here... That there's a new meth on the streets and has been for a while that makes people incredibly crazy. Mm-hmm. Really fast. Damages their brains, causes severe mental illness within weeks. So I'm thinking about this uh, yesterday after an incident. I'm at the grocery store. Uh, a quite upscale grocery store in a quite upscale neighborhood of, of an expensive town to live in. But it's on the West Coast, so that means homelessville no matter where you are. Just the way it is. Um, but so I'm in the grocery store and don't generally run into homeless people in the grocery store. Certainly not this grocery store. Certainly not where I am. And, uh, in the grocery store and this guy comes around the corner, like with his arms flailing. I'm with my nine year old son, Henry. And if you're new to the show, maybe you don't know the story that we were accosted by a homeless person in quite the violent, horrible way several years back when they were kids. This guy is in prison. For many, many years because of this, my kids have quite the uh, 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 response to homeless people in general, especially a guy like this. So this guy comes around the corner and says, and I can't say what he said because he's using all kinds of, you know, really foul language. God, GD this, GD that, got waving his arm and saying, then I ever see that guy, I'm going to kill him. Hey, I, I'm I'm bipolar and i got to take away my medicine. And he looks right at me and he's pointing and I mean, he's right in front of me. He's oh, pointing and saying, and if sake. I see him again, I'm going to kill the MF or I'm going to kill him. And I'm like, and I'm standing in the aisle of the dairy aisle of this brightly lit, beautiful grocery store with the, 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 you know, the soft rock playing in the background and thinking, what the hell is going to happen here? What is this about? And, uh, and Henry kind of is behind me. He's scared to death because we've had this experience before. And, um, and, uh, and luckily the guy turns away from me and starts ranting and raving and walking away from me. I didn't know if he was going to throw a punch at me or I, I didn't know what was going to happen because, I mean, he's he's screaming, I'm going to kill the MFR, looking right in my face, pointing in my pointing in my face. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic. Henry's shaking with fear because, like I said, we've gone through this before. And, uh, and I'm just like in my mind, I'm just thinking, I'll bet this is the new meth. He's talking about being a schizophrenic and bipolar and all these different things. I'll bet it's the new math. He's one of those people. Not that that, make, be, yeah. not that that makes it any better at the time or it excuses him being on the street or in the grocery store or anything like that. But I'll bet it's the new math. Yeah. Yeah. 
When are uh, we going to wake up to that? I, I don't know. I think, and it hadn't occurred to me when we were talking about this at the time, because I assumed, you know, a, a publication is well thought of as the Atlantic. It's widely redistributed. Uh, the, the, the jabbering heads of the world, including ourselves, uh, tend to read it now and again or get alerts from it. So I thought, wow, okay, this is huge. This is so important because there is a major crisis in so many American cities with bums and junkies. And you can say homeless if you want, but the, the, the classic homeless person doesn't bother anybody. No. It's bums and junkies no, no, these, that these bother are, people. These are drug addicts. Right. Um, you know, and whether it's their fault or not, I don't know. You can, you know, judge that however you want. But the, regardless, you got a drug addict now crazy because he's ruined his brain person. What are we going to do about this? Like, at this grocery store, I took a picture, and I was going to tweet it out, but I decided not to a couple of weeks ago. I took a picture of a guy sleeping right in front of the door of the same grocery store, and now I've had this guy inside the grocery store, right. so it's not safe to be inside the grocery store. A couple of years ago, there wouldn't have been one person like that within miles of this grocery store. Right. Well, the the point I was driving at was that uh, we expected that story to be widely picked up and discussed broadly. I believe that it's not being discussed. It has not gotten picked up and, 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 and echoed because it quote unquote blames the victim. Just purely recognizing fact. Never mind who blames whom. Recognize facts. I think that's number one. And number two, I mean, for instance, uh, and, and the story focuses a great deal on, on LA and some other California cities. In Cal Unicornia, Gavin Newsom has dedicated 12 plus billion dollars to quote unquote deal with the homeless epidemic, which is mostly a drug addict epidemic. That money is going to somebody. That money is going to well-connected, on-the-left organizations, and they have billions of dollars of the taxpayers' largesse at stake. They're not going to screw it up by bringing up inconvenient facts. So you're not getting uh, anybody discussing it. And it's just, it's, it's horrifying. By the way, I think it's worth mentioning. The, uh, Jack and I, for God, decades lived, uh, within, you know, as the crow flies, just, you know, 25 miles, something like that. Um, me in a conservative county, Jack in a liberal county. That S doesn't wash in conservativeville, California. In red counties in California, it does not wash. It's all about policy. Yeah. And, and even where this place was there, like I said, a couple of years ago, you, you would have never seen anybody like that within miles of this particular grocery store in this neighborhood. I mean, it just would have been unthinkable. Now you got a guy sleeping in front of the door when I was there a couple of days ago and a guy inside the store when I'm there yesterday. Yeah. That's how yeah. much it's changed. But so you're right. There are two angles of it. You got, you got the soft hearts out there and God bless you. You know, we need you to care about the world. I think you're way off track on a lot of this. I think when you give money to one of these people, you're a, you're, I think you're a moron for giving money to these people, yeah. uh, like hand cash on the street. But, um, so you got that crowd who doesn't want to blame the victim. But then the other crowd, the, the homeless industrial con- complex with the billions, billions of dollars washing around, it blows up the whole structure of the thing. If you're going to accept this, it immediately falls apart. Your right. whole plan for how you're going to spend your money and who's going to get it immediately falls apart if you're going to acknowledge this new myth. So what do you Yeah, the problem is housing. Housing is expensive. People need housing to get on their feet, to take a shower, to straighten their tie and show up for their job interview. They're tweakers and they're taking new meth, different chemical composition that gives them severe mental illness. It's crazy, man. I just 
And this guy, this guy walks around the, the grocery store, and so, uh, Henry, my son really wanted me to go tell somebody or get a security guard or whatever, and I was going to, but I was trying to avoid him. So, like, we're going around corners. I'm looking down the aisle. It's middle of the day. There's hardly anybody in this giant grocery store. Mm-hmm. And um, and and I'm climbing, because I don't want to run into the guy again, because he's a guy that clearly it could turn into a confrontation really, really fast. Sure, yeah. So I'm yeah, walking He's around got the corner, no control. Around. He's out of control. And eventually I see him go out the front door. So he just wandered around the store for a while and left. And went back and you know, went on his way as a crazy, uh, probably violent person. Yeah, yeah, just waiting for that yep. encounter with some innocent victim that turns tragic. Yep. There are, there's not a super cold spreading around America. Apparently, that's a hot topic right now. A super cold? This is a worse cold or worse flu than I've ever had before. A super cold. The belief is by top infectious disease experts that people are so not used to being sick. They've forgotten what a cold or flu feels like, and so when they're getting it, they're, like, shocked at how bad they feel. I had a good old 10-day feel-crappy cold not too long ago, and yeah, I was kind of reminded, man, this is fairly miserable. Colds are miserable. Armstrong and Getty.